Well, good morning. Good morning, church. Uh, as we were kind of having some worship time there this morning, uh, a thought came to my mind was, how many of us have been set free this morning? One? <laughs> One person. Well, I got my work cut out for me, but we're going to give it a try, okay? How many people over here have been set free? We can make some excitement in church, okay? I know you guys here in the middle can do this. How many people here in the middle have been set free? Hey, there we go. Praise the Lord, right? How many of us, yes, have been set free? And if you haven't been set free, we're going to talk about that today. Because you can be set free. You can be set free by, uh, by Jesus. And as we sang that song, uh, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing, but um, we can be set free by the blood of Jesus and having a, a relationship with him. We can be set free because, can I be honest, we need that. We need that in our world today with everything that's going on and everything that's been happening. Uh, God has still been faithful, right? God is still faithful. God is still in control. God still has a plan and purpose. Amen? God, God, God's still wanting to use us. And today we're going to talk about testimonies. What, what's a testimony? A testimony is something that, uh, that is, 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 uh, is something that uh, God does inside of a person when they come to realize uh, that they need a Savior. And the Savior's name is Jesus, and He is the one that uh, restores relationships. He's the one that uh, restores uh, us back to God with the right relationship. It's recognizing that I'm a sinner, and I can't fix it, but Jesus has come to die on the cross to pay for my penalty of sin. And then once we do that, once we experience that, then the Holy Spirit comes in and uh, we, uh, we begin that right relationship with God. So a testimony is something that, uh, that we recognize where we were. God comes into the picture through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we begin that journey. We begin to experience God's presence. We begin to walk in truth. And today I'm going to share my testimony, but before we do, I have a couple of verses that I'd like to share. First uh, John chapter 5, verse 11, it says, This is a testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. So God has given us a testimony through His Son, Jesus Christ. And as we continue to get into this, I, uh, I have a, a challenge. When was the last time you shared your testimony? When was the last time that you had a conversation about what Jesus is doing in your life with someone else? Because as I was kind of thinking and, and praying over this message, our testimony is a gift from God. Our testimony, 
of what Jesus has done for me is a gift from God. And can I tell you, gifts are to be shared. And God kind of convicted me on this. That we have a testimony to share with others. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a gift, you have a testimony to share with someone. I was convicted of that. That we have a gift. We have a gift that we need to be sharing with others. Sharing with people that God has put us around, whether it's with our family, whether it's at our workplace, whether it's our neighbors, wherever it is, God has given us a gift to share. And I have to admit, I'm not, I haven't been doing it. There are a lot of reasons. And God kind of convicted me and kind of said, why aren't you sharing your gift? Why aren't you sharing your gift with others? And as I was kind of praying about that and, and trying to, if I'm honest, kind of excuse myself of life is busy, that, that didn't work very well because life is busy. God kind of just, just really reminded me that we have the greatest gift ever to share. And that is Jesus Christ and the work that he has done, and the gift of salvation that we have through faith in him. Because in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's nothing that we've earned. It's nothing that we, we, we can pay back. It is a gift that God has given us. Not something that we can boast about. But it is a gift that God has given us. And so again, as God has kind of challenged me, when was the last time you shared your testimony? Because as we looked at this verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, lays it out there. This is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a testimony. I'd like to share an example in, in John. John chapter 4. Might be a familiar passage to some people. It's uh, Jesus and the, the woman at the well. I'll kind of set the scene for it. But Jesus and his disciples have been traveling and, and they're at... Uh, traveling along and then they find this well they stop take a little break his disciples go into town to get some food and a Samaritan woman comes to the scene to draw water and Jesus is sitting there and they engage in a conversation and basically Samaritans and Jews don't get along and then in the biblical time, women and men, strangers, didn't get along either. So 
It was kind of a strange conversation to have. But Jesus engaged in the conversation. They dialogue. And basically this woman kind of recognizes that this guy, this Jesus, has something for me. She didn't know what it was. But as they continue in that conversation, they dialogue. The disciples come back, and and she goes back into town to tell the town, you got to come and see this guy. This guy, Jesus, this guy out here, he's told me everything that I've done. You got to go out and meet him. And then in verse 39, it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Many believed because of that woman that went and shared what Jesus had, what they had been talking about. And they all came back and a lot of them believed because of her testimony. Praise God. Praise God that she was faithful to hear the message and to receive the message. And she went and she shared that message. And people that came heard the message from Jesus and they got saved. Praise God. She had a testimony. She had an encounter with Jesus that she just couldn't, she couldn't shake. She had to go tell somebody. And I, I think one of the biggest fears that we have in sharing our faith is when we share our faith and people don't respond right away. I don't know how many of you guys have done that before. You share your faith or you share Jesus and there's just no excitement. There's no, why, why don't you want to receive this? This is the greatest gift ever. And they just aren't excited about it. Can I tell you I've been there and it, it is discouraging. <laughs> but then the more that I share it, the more that I realize it's not my job to change a heart. My job is to share my testimony. The Holy Spirit's job is the one to lead them to Christ. Not my job to change a heart. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead them into a relationship with Christ. But as we begin to share Jesus and as we begin to tell others about him, it gets easier. But praise God, the woman was faithful. And she went and she shared. And others came and heard the message. And they believed in Jesus. So testimony, just a couple things here before I share my testimony, but um, a couple thoughts is, you know, there is 
There's not one right way to share your testimony, but there is only one truth. So make it your goal to share it. Make it your goal to share the truth. Make it your goal to share what Jesus has done in your life. Because we all have a testimony if we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We all have a testimony to share. And how we share that, everyone can do it differently. But if we share the one truth that we are sinners and we need a Savior and and the Savior's name is Jesus Christ. And if we believe in that and trust in that, we will be saved. The other thing too, when you're sharing your faith, share what Jesus has done for you. Share what Jesus has done for you. Share where God has, where God came into your heart, where, what God has done, and what God is continuing to do in your life. Share that. Share your testimony with your neighbors, with your co-workers. Engage in those conversations. And then the other thing is, share with excitement and passion. Share with excitement and passion. How many, how many football fans we have in here? Is there much passion and excitement for the Hawkeye or Cyclones today? <laughs> You're right. There's not, right? Right? I mean, there's, no, there's, there's nothing to talk about there, right? They both lost. Uh, close games. Uh, but there's no excitement, right? Come Monday morning at work, if you trust it and you base your feelings off whether they win or lose, you're not going to have a good day tomorrow because there ain't going to be much to talk about. But what, can't, what, what you can talk about is your testimony. Talk about your church experience yesterday. Talk about what God is doing in your life. Talk about what He has done for you. Engage in those conversations. Begin to share, begin to talk, begin to dialogue what God has done and what God is doing in your life. In Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, God is, is talking to the churches. And in Revelation chapter 2, he begins talking to the the church in Ephesus. And as Jesus is talking to the church in Ephesus, he really kind of brags them up here in the beginning, okay? He says to the church in Ephesus, Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, it says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, 
and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Basically, what he's saying there, he says, you guys have have done these great things. You guys have labored in my name. You've been doing the work for my name. You've, You've been busy engaging in activities and programs and conversations, but you have lost your first love. And basically what he's saying there, he says, you guys have lost that time of when you were, when you began your relationship with Jesus, you were excited, you you had passion, you had enthusiasm to go and share Jesus, you had passion, the time you spent with me, and you guys have kind of got sidetracked a little bit. You've lost your first love. And can I, uh, can I be honest and share a story about uh, how God kind of convicted me of that? This has been three or four months ago, but uh, life is busy. But we go through seasons of life where we are um, extra busy or just feels like your attention's required everywhere. And so there was a period of about two weeks where I wasn't home much. And after the two weeks, my, uh, my wife and daughter kind of had those, they can be blunt, and, and had a conversation about me not being home, about me not uh, being around. That kind of convicted me a little bit. On one hand, I, I, I was... At first, I was like, yes, they miss me. I, you know, it's like, okay, I, they, they do miss me. But on the other hand, I had to really recognize and be honest that I wasn't just doing it to be a good provider or, you know, the list could go on and on. But they missed me. They missed my just being in fellowship with them. And can I be honest, sometimes as a Christian, we get busy with doing church activities, Bible studies, that we aren't engaged in fellowship with God and His Word. You see, God has, God desires to have a relationship with you. And He just wants to have fellowship with you. And can I be honest that sometimes I don't engage in those opportunities of just being with, alone with God? And yet God says, I, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to pour myself into you. Yeah, you can do all these things. You can be involved in all these activities and busy with ministries, but... Ultimately, God desires to have one-on-one time with you. Just like my daughter and my wife, they 
they love what I'm doing, but they also want one-on-one time with me. And so the challenge for us is, are we willing to listen and engage and make it a priority to be intentional in our relationship with God? And can I be honest too about another area that I might struggle with here is technology and podcasts and, and having everything online is, is really a neat thing. But I sometimes I use or substitute a podcast or listening to a sermon and I substitute that because I didn't have my quiet time alone with God. Now those things are great, don't get me wrong. Those things are awesome. But there is no substitute for just you and God getting alone and talking. There's no substitute for that. And I I I confess that sometimes I listen to a podcast or sermon because I feel like my life is just so busy and I try to substitute that sermon for my personal time, quiet time. And again, those are that, that's great. But God desire God desires just you and him to engage and talk and share what is going on in my heart. Because God does not want us living our faith with Jesus through someone else. Does that make sense? God does not want to substitute whoever you might listen to, whatever podcast you might listen to. God does not want to substitute that person for time with you. Does that make sense? God desires time with you. And again, sometimes I admit it's easy to substitute that time. And then I start kind of living my my Christian life through this person or that person. And again, that's great. But what about your alone time with God? Because he desires that. He desires to speak to you. He desires to show things to you. He desires to reveal himself to you. And the only way you can do that is by spending time with that person or spending time with with God. Does that make sense? I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but again, you know, technology is great, but God desires intimacy with you. To speak to you. 
So, now that I have shared all that, I'm going to share my testimony with you guys. I, uh, I grew up in a... Uh, I grew up in a broken home. My, uh, my biological dad left me and my younger sister, Robin, at a very young age. And then my mom remarried, and um, they had two kids. And my, my dad ended up adopting us. So, yeah, I grew up in the broken home and uh, grew up in, kind of got involved a little bit in church. Went to church, not because I really wanted to. Uh, Life was really good until I had to start school. I hated school. Didn't want to be in school. And, And basically, for the first year of kindergarten... My mom would have to go to school with me because I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> she was kind of my, uh, she was my rock. And so you can only imagine that your mom is at school with you. All the, you know, kids start talking and you know how it goes that <laughs> you're a mama's boy. And, you know, so those kind of conversations went on and then school didn't get any easier. School was a challenge. And then through all this whole process, uh, my dad ended up, uh, again, having two other kids with my mom. And so my brother, younger brother, Roger, he, uh, him and my dad are like two peas in a pod, so they do things together. And I was kind of a, an outsider, you could say didn't really have the connection that they had and so there was some struggles with with that relationship and finally one thing happened that I uh, I, I really felt I was good at was basketball so I, I really poured myself into basketball it was kind of my therapy I would just go to the gym or go wherever and just shoot and, and whatever and, and so that was kind of my therapy and then Got into junior high, and then in high school, I'm a freshman, and uh, we have a really good basketball team, and we get to the sub-state tournament, and I'm part of this team, and we lost. Now, just because I made the team, we only had 28 kids in my graduating class, so it's not like they had a huge number of athletes to choose from, but hey, as a freshman, I was still pretty excited to make the team. And so then again, I just kind of really poured myself into basketball thinking, man, you know, we could really go to state and, and, and just a lot of, um, lot of uh, things to be thinking forward to. And so then I get to my senior year and uh, we aren't doing so well. We haven't won a basketball game. The last game before Christmas break, I, uh, I, I fell and, and, and broke my elbow done so during Christmas break I was in the hospital having surgery and lowest point of my life 
what, what do I have to hope for? There was nothing. Laying there in the hospital room and alone and just a lot of negative thoughts going through my head and um, thoughts of what, what's, what's my purpose now, God? Didn't get an answer. Thought about suicide. Thought about what, what, what's, who's going to miss me. I fought that the rest of my senior year. Barely graduated. And then I uh, got into college and uh, met a friend. He took me to church on a Saturday night, and I ended up uh, going. And uh, the speaker that night spoke right directly to me and said, You have a purpose. You're loved. God has a plan for you. You just have to accept this gift, and the gift is Jesus Christ. I just, I immediately ran down to the front of the altar crying and and gave my life to Christ. I surrendered to him. And he saved me. I have a testimony. And going through those years, there were still ups and downs. But you know what? God gave me a hope. God gave me a purpose. And it took me recognizing that. Trusting in Jesus. You see, I have a gift to share. And that gift is Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And my Savior's name is Jesus. And my Savior's name, Jesus, He has restored a right relationship with me to God the Father. God the Father, he sees that, what Jesus has done for for me. And I am made right through what Jesus did on the cross for me. I now am a child of God. I have a right relationship with God the Father. You are loved by God. You have a plan and purpose for God. And if you don't know Jesus Christ... Now is the opportunity to accept that gift. It's a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. We just got to accept it. And if you're sitting here today and you don't have that free gift, my prayer is that you is that you come and talk to somebody. 
It's real easy. It's it's simple. Romans, in the book of Romans it says, this is how you are going to be saved, is through trusting in Jesus Christ. By faith. Trust in him. So the challenge for us, for me, is what are we going to do with our gift that we've been given? What are we going to do with our gift? And who are we going to share that gift with? Because God has put people into our lives for a reason. That we share that gift. Because it is the greatest gift we could ever know. The greatest gift we could ever know. Jesus Christ. As our Lord and Savior. So I'm going to... I'm going to close this out and in prayer. And if you need to talk to somebody about this, please find someone. My prayer is you don't leave this place until you talk to somebody. If you're unsure or have questions, we'd love to stay and talk to you about it. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are uh, you are good and you are... You are just so amazing at, Lord, just how you have, um, how your presence is just here and and how you are speaking to the hearts that are listening. And, Lord, I, my prayer is that they, that they would respond to you. Father, your word has went forth and it's going to accomplish its purpose. Whatever that purpose is, may it uh, glorify you. And Father, may you be glorified and may we as a church, may we as a church here in, in, in Vinton, Iowa, have the courage this week to share our testimonies, to share our story, to share the gift that you have given us, Lord, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ and his plan and purpose for our lives not only as individuals but Lord as a a church body we know you have great things planned for us may we may we seek you out Lord may we walk with you and may we uh, fellowship with you may we be purposeful and intentional as we share, as we grow, and as we leave here, Lord. May you speak to us and may we respond. And Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.